How y'all doing out there? I think, uh... It's time. It's time for one of these. That's not what you think. It's caffeine. Not the, not the other stuff. Probably just as bad for you, though. If that makes it any better. <sighs> Who's out there? Anybody feel like getting a root canal with me tonight? Anybody else tired of the grind? Is anybody else tired of making way too little to pay for way too much? The conversations that I've been having with folks lately, conversations with people like Kamikaze, people like some of the folks that I work with, lately it's been turning to this, everything's getting more expensive. Everything is necessary, but not really. Like, you, you ha you're expected to pay for it, but it's not really an adequate reason given for it. Like, the car insurance prices are absolutely ridiculous, and you can have the same car insurance company for decades. Like me, I, I've had the same car insurance company now, uh, going on 12 years, and the premiums don't ever really go down, do they? There's always some other service fee or installment or something else you gotta pay for and oh it's oh by the way it's different by state too are you a male are you a female how old are you how good your eyesight oh should you even be behind the wheel old man and the banks know all of this they know all of this all too well they know all about your problems financially speaking because they're all up in your business in one form fashion or another they know more than the government does I mean, you could make the argument they are the government. <laughs> Give me control of a nation's wealth, and I care not who makes the laws. Little classroom homework for you, folks. Type it up on the scrying mirror and see what that comes up with. And because the banks know this, they prey on that. You get bombarded with these deals. Oh, only X percent uh, APR for the first zero money down for six months. Yeah, and then we'll get the rest of it. Because they know everybody's struggling, and they know to the, the degree to which you are struggling, you individually, not as a... I mean, as a whole, yeah, they've got, a, they've got a pretty good idea. These banks got a pretty good idea how much money's out there, who's got the money, what they're using that money for. And the digital currency is coming, folks. And I just heard today the Fed is talking about after, after this December, they're not going to be printing out any new cash, because cash is dirty and you can get the corona from it so they're not going to be printing any more cash i guess the cash that's already out there is clean i heard somebody make that comment no you know what's going to happen is when that money eventually circulates back to the bank the bank's going to take it back and they're going to they're either going to store it somewhere <laughs> we'll store it for cleaning or it's going to get burned because they don't want you to have cash they don't want you to have coins they don't want you to be able to physically hold your your wealth, your blood, sweat, and tears. Because your your value, your labor, the 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 work that you do, you're not allowed to own that. You don't own you. You don't own your time. We own your time. The banks own your time. But they don't want you to know that. And the more invisible they can make your resources to you and to any outside observer, the better. Because that means they can take more of it away from you. And faster. Instant access for the government, the IRS, to your bank account, to your bank account records. What are you spending that money on? Maybe you were spending it on something you shouldn't have. Well, now you won't be able to, for one. And if you somehow figure out how to do it, two, they're going to find out. There's always this Faustian bargain just waiting in the wings. The first shot is free, kid. The first hit's free. Just today. I, I mean, I open up... It gets to the point with some of my email addresses where I can't even I can't even use them anymore. I had a conversation with somebody about making um, a new email address for the purposes of their business, and they looked at me like I was a friggin' space alien. That why would I do? I'm not gonna go through all that. What do you mean go through all that? What do you mean? How difficult exactly is it to set up a new email account? 
what you got to enter your name and you're probably not going to put your real name in there unless you're a fucking idiot or it's a business email couple things you gotta put in you gotta make up a password oh god who has time for that google can you please store all of my passwords for me i will trust you not to share them with the nsa or the government like they can't just get in there anyways so the fed's not going to be printing money out after december hmm not going to be printing money out kind of hard to have a bank run when you can't take your physical money out of the bank. What are banks going to even be for anymore? Do we even need banks anymore if all the currency is going digital? Could this spell the end of the brick and mortar bank? Of course, the corporations aren't themselves going away. And anyone not getting aboard the, this choo-choo train to debt servitude is going to be quickly out of the market. Don't be confused about what's going on here. This isn't government doing this. This is the big banks, the corporations doing this. The corporations decided, look, uh, we got together, us corporations, we got together. We had a little powwow about 100 years ago at a place called Jekyll Island. And uh, we decided what was best for you. And uh, if you don't like it, that's okay, too. We're building detention facilities. Yes, that's right. Detention facilities in Canada. And, you know, back in, I think it was the 80s, 70s, 80s, REX 84 was a thing that got whistleblowed on. And what do we do to whistleblowers? What, what does our government do to whistleblowers in this country? I can only imagine in Canada. I, I ran across this little gem. I was listening to... Um, Mark Windows earlier today, and I ran across this. Now, just just take a listen to this and tell me what you think. Next question, the member for Lanark Front, Matt Kingston. Thank you, Speaker. Speaker, my question is to the Premier. In my supplemental question yesterday, I asked this government if the people of Ontario should prepare for internment camps. In September, the federal government posted a call for expressions of interest for contractors to supply, provide, and manage quarantine isolation camps throughout every province and every territory in Canada. These quarantine isolation camps, however, are not limited to people with COVID, but provide a wide latitude for many people to be detained. Surely this government is aware of the intentions to build these isolation camps from coast to coast, and my question to the Premier is, how many of these camps will be built? And how many people does this government expect to do? Question. Government House Leader. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, it is very true that when people leave the country and when they come back in, that the, uh, uh, the province is suggesting, and, uh, and the federal government, in cooperation with the federal go government, we are suggesting that people uh, isolate uh, themselves. That has been a, a practice that has been very successful, not only here in the province of Ontario, but across uh, uh, across Canada, and we will, of course, be redoubling our efforts to make sure that uh, the people of the province of Ontario uh, remain safe, Mr. S Mr. Speaker. So if the member is referring to the fact that uh, uh, that one of the public health policies is that when you return from a jurisdiction outside of the province of Ontario or from another country that you isolate yourself for, uh, for two weeks, I would suggest uh, uh, that that has been a good, uh, a good policy that has been working. In fact, this House has been doing the same thing since we came back. We are working in cohorts to make sure that the Legislative Assembly can continue to operate. That's why we have two separate cohorts, uh, Mr. Speaker. Response. the cooperation of the official opposition, that is why all members of the independents have been excluded from that cohort, because we want them to be able to participate in debate. So we'll continue to do everything in our power to make sure that this House continues, but that the people of the province of Ontario and Canada are kept safe. Supplementary question. Again, uh... Did you catch what happened there? Did you catch that? Did they got, Did he answer anything that that guy asked? So that was um, Randy Hillier asking a question at the Ontario Parliament, the Legislary, Legislative Assembly of Ontario. So he posted this. Uh, the Premier has been actively dodging my questions since July. Today was just another example of the new status quo in Queen's Park. No response. After this exchange, I'm not even sure if the Premier and his cabinet know what's going on regarding the federal government considering the expansion of isolation slash quarantine facilities from coast to coast. The language in the RFI is overly broad and ambiguous, and we ought to have clarification on the purpose of these isolation-slash-quarantine facilities. I ask clear and precise questions about the federal government's tendering 
for isolation slash quarantine camps in Ontario. Where will they be? How many will there be? And how many people will be housed in them? The government house leaders suggest these are for international travelers, in quotation marks. However, the RFP says public health and other related federal requirements associated with the COVID-19 pandemic response. My question on the purpose was cut short once again. The government refused to give an answer. Why won't they answer? It seems to me they aren't even aware of these proposals. Yeah, I don't believe that, Randy Hillier, and I doubt you do either. Is ignorance a defense for, poli- I was going to say political hacks, but let's let's be nice. <laughs> Is ignorance a defense for political hacks? I mean, for politicians? There I go again. I, I'm done giving free passes to politicians. If they're unaware, if they're unaware of the stuff that's going on in their own government, in their own legislative assembly, cannot answer the freaking questions regarding bills that actively include them and their entire county, then what exactly is their job? What are they doing? That's if you believe they're incompetent, which I don't. What I'm thinking is going on here is they were instructed not to answer questions pertaining to that. Specifically, not to answer questions pertaining to that. Which is why he, this guy mealy-mouthed his way around the answer. It wasn't even an answer. It was a, had nothing to do with what he asked. It, it goes on, too. Let me play this last minute here. In September, the federal government posted a call for express our power to make sure that this house continues, but that the people of the province of Ontario and Canada are kept safe. Supplementary question. Again, uh, back to the Premier. Here's the RFP, and in the RFP, it uses clear language to express that these camps can be used for a broad spectrum of people, not limited to travellers. Indeed, it doesn't even mention international travellers. It's just a broad latitude of people. And I'll send over the copy of the RFP after. So your government is, must be in negotiations, negotiations and aware of these plans to potentially detain and isolate citizens and residents of our country and our province. So, Speaker, to the Premier, where will these camps be built? How many people will be detained? And for what reasons, for what reasons can people be kept in these isolation camps. And I'd like to I'd like to have the Premier assure the people of Ontario Member take a seat. So what just happened there is he just cut his mic. And this guy looking like a, a British wig is looking very frustrated. He's biting his lip real hard. And I don't know if you heard that or not. Did that sound like somebody laughing? Ha ha ha, it's so funny. Internment camps are so funny. This ain't too far from us, America. It's our northern border. On our northern border, man, we're so worried about the southern border. I think we should be more worried about this stuff happening in Canada coming down here. Ontario. It was a three-hour drive from where I used to live in upstate New York. You know, you might want to start paying attention to stuff like this now before it comes here. Because it will come here, internment camps. I want to see the RFP on this. I'm going to dig around for a bit and see if I can come up with the legislation. This should scare the shit out of you. I don't know how else to say it, but um, here's one guy. He's sounding the warning bell, and people are laughing. The next question. And on to the next question. That we're on. The next question, the member for Lanark, Frontenac, Kingston. Thank you, Speaker. Speaker, seeing that the front benches have emptied, I'll pose my question to the Minister of Long-Term Care. Over 1,300 public health scientists and 1,500 medical practitioners, the document is called the Great Barrington Declaration. It was drafted by professors from Harvard, Stanford, and Oxford, and they are the most respected epidemiologists in the world. Their concerns are singular in focus. The prevailing COVID policies are having damaging physical and mental impacts on the public. They are aghast that the public health advice being provided to Western governments is contrary to the science and what we now know about COVID. Minister, 
Nobel laureates and reputable leading world-leading experts on infectious diseases Question. are telling governments what you're doing is causing more harm than good. Will you heed their advice and endorse the Great Barrington Declaration as I have? And thanks to the member opposite for the, the question. Uh, as a physician for many, many years and studying science and evidence, uh, it's very clear that there are always differences of opinion. And those differences of opinion have to be carefully considered and thought out. And our government, my Ministry of Long-Term Care, we have been working with the, the science and the evidence of experts, many experts, hundreds of experts, uh, and the Chief Medical Officer of Health being one of them. Uh, there is many, many um, areas of evidence that must be weighed and understood, not only at a, um, a macro level, but a micro level. So there are many considerations being given, and all of this evidence is emerging. At the beginning of COVID, there was very little information available. Now there is more than most people could ever manage to get through. So Spons. the essential caregiver piece, I want to make sure that... Uh, I repeat this, that we are, uh, our essential caregivers are back into the homes. They are there providing support, the mental well-being of our long-term. Supplementary question. Did you, did you see that? Did you see that? They won't answer his questions. They can't answer his questions. This is what happens when you get a government of, by, and for the oligarchs. We're just going to pretend like whatever you just said, you didn't say it. And I'm going to answer the question that I made up in my own head. And pretend like that's the question you asked me. This is a evil combo, one-two punch of gaslighting and stovepiping all at the same time. Absolutely incredible, mind-bending, mind-control techniques. You don't exist, Hellier. You don't exist. Why do you even show up? We don't even see you right now. See the lady that's behind you at the 2 minute and 34 second mark? She's not looking at you. She's looking through you because you don't exist. You're a ghost. We're just going to pretend like you don't exist and therefore you don't. Just like the people asking questions. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Now they don't exist either. I do thank the minister for her response. However, these preeminent experts have stated... However, I do thank the minister for her response. However, it had nothing to do with the question that I just asked. Like, at all. Government policies are resulting in lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and the erosion of mental health. They state that the current lockdown policies are devastating our short and long-term public health. They are asking all governments to shift gears and move towards a focused protection model that protects those at risk while letting those who are healthy return to a normal life. Minister, will you do the right thing? Follow the advice being given by the most preeminent world leaders in this field, or should the people of Ontario prepare themselves for further lockdowns, more bankruptcies, further medical delays, and now we see forced isolation and detection camps on the corrupt. I reject much of the premise of, of that question, but I, I again, I want to reinforce the concept of hope. I'd like to reinforce the official narrative. I'd like, uh, first of all, I reject the premise of that question. Can we just, let's do an instant recap. I reject much of the premise of that question. What specifically do you reject? What premise in his question what, or what premises do you reject from that uh, question? I'd like to know. Can we get some clarification, please? So I reject your premise and therefore I'm just going to answer. I'm gonna, she's going to do the same thing again, isn't she? She's going to do it again. Reinforce the concept of hope that we understand what we've been through. We understand the dark days that we've had during COVID 19, the lack of information, um, working as hard as everyone. This has could nothing to, to do with anything that he just asked. Plan forward. That's what we were doing as a government, um, talking to our experts as the science emerged. And that's what we need to go forward. We need a level of support for our long-term care homes, for everyone who's waiting for health care. I have tremendous hope, and our government is working with that hope to understand how to make things better coming out of COVID-19. And we will come out 
of COVID-19. We will come out having lessons learned. We will come out better. Ontarians are all in this together. They're doing their part. We all need to do our part. And we need to stay focused as we move through this in a positive way. What the fuck was that? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. New cases of COVID-19 are surging in several provinces across the country. In Ontario, Premier Doug Ford says the rise of cases there is a cause for concern, but he did stress that there are many steps of action in place to handle the expected second wave. There, there are cause for concern for all of us. Let me be crystal clear, every option is on the table. We will take every step necessary, including further shutdowns. In the second wave of COVID-19, it's a scenario that we have been preparing for all summer long. And today, we're in much better shape. When it comes to testing, we have dozens of companies in Ontario manufacturing PPE. We have invested billions of dollars to expand capacity in our healthcare system. We have not been waiting for things to get worse before we take action. We've been working around the clock for months, getting ready for the second wave. And that's why we return to the house today. Whenever the modelers come in, they give a worst case scenario and a best case scenario. Generally, the reality is somewhere in the middle. I've never seen a model of the diseases that I've dealt with, which the worst case scenario actually came out. They always overshoot. Looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it, it's, it's, excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're, we're going to have millions of cases, but I, I just don't think that we really need to make a projection. Currently right now, outside of Queen's Park, where you're located, there is a protest um, with about 100 folks who are calling for an, the end of the lockdown here in this province and across this country. What message do you have to people who are not taking this seriously, but also who could be um, not, advi uh, not adhering to social and physical distancing yeah. protocols? Well, that's a great, great question. You know, when I looked out the window and, and we, we see these people that are uh, absolutely irresponsible, they're, they're, it's reckless to do what they're doing. And personally, I think it's selfish. We, we have healthcare workers down the street at these hospitals working around the clock to protect the community. 99.9% .9 of the people in this province are working. This is Canadian Premier Doug Ford. And, uh, you know, I find it interesting on his front right pocket, he's got a military style unit badge with a picture of the Trinity knot. Nothing esoteric going on there, I'm sure. Crypt keeper looking guy on his left hand side that wearing some kind of expensive Mr. Burns suit. By the way, none of these four individuals shown in this video are wearing a mask, nor are they socially distanced. Just to give you an idea of the level of hypocrisy that is consistent throughout all of these public announcements. Together, side by side, that's the reason we were able to see a flattening of the curve. But then we, we have, you know, a bunch of yahoos out in the front of Queen's Park, sitting there protesting that the place isn't open as they're breaking the law and putting everyone in jeopardy, putting themselves in jeopardy, putting the, the workers in jeopardy, and God forbid one of them end up in the hospital down the street. You know, we're better than this. We're better than this as a people, as a province. We've proved it. And, you know, then you, you have uh, these people that want to protest. Hey, I... I I understand that people want to How get out there. How dare you protest our lockdown measures, we destroying your life? Sure we've come such a long way that we protect the health and the well-being of every single person in this province. 
And there's no one that wants to open up the economy more than I do and everyone else, <laughs> but we're going to do it responsibly. We're going to do it through the guidance of our chief medical officer of health and, and cons consultation uh, with municipalities, consultation with our, our health team. Consultation with the Rothschilds and, and the Bilderbergs. And we, we have these people that want to... Ugh, I can't do any more of that. So getting back to this uh, Hillier speech in the the parliament there, I, I call them the parliament because uh, that's what they act like. They act like the British parliament. So here's an article out of LifeSiteNews.com. Article's titled, Politician Raises Alarm Over Trudeau's Government's Plan to Build COVID Quarantine Slash Isolation Camps. Now I'm going to skip down a little bit because the videos that I played earlier already covered a lot of this. So I'm going to pick up here about the midway point of the article. The expansion of isolation slash quarantine camps in Canada is something of concern and the Ontario government must know about it. So why won't they tell the people of Ontario? Hillier said. The government of Canada, CO, or I'm sorry, GOC, <laughs> government of Canada backwards is COG. Interesting. Government of Canada is currently soliciting feedback and information from industry service providers for additional federal quarantine slash isolation sites, which if built, what do you mean if built? They're already built. Which if built could be used for other requirements, in quotation marks, besides only for COVID-19 imposed quarantines. The solicitation for feedback is listed on the GOC's buyandsell.gc.ca website as a tender notice letter of interest, LOI, and request for letter of information, RFI, for federal quarantine slash isolation sites. Let's see if that's still up. Let's do a little bit of on-air research, shall we? Because this won't be bad for radio. Yep, still up. Status, active days until closing, one week and 19 hours. Publication date, 2020 uh, 17 Service providers for federal quarantine slash isolation sites. And they've got a number here, 6-Delta-112-202-772 forward slash alpha. So let's see if there's a description. Request for information regarding service providers for federal quarantine slash isolation sites for the Government of Canada. The Government of Canada is considering engaging a third-party service provider for federal quarantine slash isolation sites that will be used to house and care for people for public health and other related federal requirements associated with the COVID-19 pandemic response. The government is seeking feedback from current service providers about the potential options for standing up, operating, and managing all the services associated with these sites. The purpose of this request for information is to seek feedback from potential service providers in order to develop a strategy. <clears throat> There's some PDFs here attached as well. And I'm just going to download it because uh, this will probably disappear if I don't. So there's some questions attached to this. Question number five is interesting. Does Canada have a count on how many sites there are in total and the sizes slash type of sites needed, i.e. mobile or stationary? Public Health Agency Canada, PHAC, is currently managing 11 designated quarantine sites in nine cities across Canada with capacity to lodge up to 1,600 travelers in Annex C of the RFI potential future DQS locations near high volume ports of entry are listed. Doesn't that seem pretty low? So does that mean that each facility can hold 1,600? Because I'm, I'm thinking that's what they mean. Upwards of 20,000. I mean, this still seems like a low ball. They are currently managing. Ah, there's the operative word, currently managing 11 designated quarantine sites. So perhaps they're planning on making more. Isn't that something, folks? The RFI and LOI lists as an end user for the services of the Public Health Agency of Canada, with Public Works and Government Services Canada listed as the entity looking to procure the isolation sites. A closing date of October 19th is listed. According to PHAC, the current sites are being used to address the requirements for international travelers not having a suitable place to isolate. The federal quarantine slash isolation sites RFI states that the use of the DSQs could be temporarily discontinued until needed again by the government of Canada, but also 
might be used for other requirements in expectation of the possible continued need for quarantine sites over the next one to two years given the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is not going away. Welcome to your new normal, Canada. And first they had to take your guns away with a false flag incident, like they did to the Aussies. They're coming for America next. You hear that? You hear that? They're at the door for the gun buyback. You know, I thought I'd be a bit of a smartass tonight and title the show The Official Narrative Defense League. It was going to be a whole thing. I was just going to deadpan, read a bunch of the stuff that I typically talk about, but instead of saying, hey, this is what they're doing, I'll be like, that's that's a bunch of tinfoil crackpot stuff. But I, I thought I'd get kind of old real fast because it's all old, isn't it? It's all old. Everything that I just played, it's not its not news to you. Did any of this shock you? Oh, man, I can't believe Canada's government is a fascist regime. I can't believe it. And we had the current acting head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, however many months ago it was, saying that the, that the biggest danger to American security is uh, white supremacist terrorists. I haven't seen too much of uh, of that going on. Not that I want to. Which makes me think this guy's either losing his fucking mind or there is an agenda afoot. And then I trip across this, and it's not the first one that I've seen that had the potential to turn into something larger. FBI uses confidential informant to entrap militia activists for phony siege on Gretchen Whitmer. This is out of Big League Politics, and it was published on the 9th of October, 2020. Instead of actually investigating Russiagate players for the biggest political scandal in U.S. history, the FBI is busy staging fake terror plots to entrap and ensnare unsuspecting militia activists. According to the core affidavit, six individuals in Michigan considered conducting a citizen's arrest on Governor Gretchen Whitmer for her intolerable actions against the Constitution to wreck the economy and shut down the state illegally. The deep state spooks are attempting to paint these actions as some sort of terrorist plot. So let me say, let me just stop and say this. First of all, the militia guys out there, if you don't know this by now, if you haven't learned this lesson from uh, Waco, Ruby Ridge, the Bundy Ranch, Malher, Malher Wildlife Refuge, there's always plants and the feds are always trying to weasel their way into any organized anything basically, but especially the militias, because there's some powerful folks with a lot of money and folks embedded in, in our government that do not like people to have, they don't want you to have the means to protect yourself with. They want to provide you with the only safety available. They want a monopoly on violence so they can always use it against you. But they damn sure don't want you to be able to defend yourself or in the event of 70, 1776 happening again, for you to do it to them. So this is, you should have, you should have done known better. By the way, if, if these militia folks were indeed in t intending a citizen's arrest on Governor Gretchen Whitmer and they were stopped by the FBI, is the FBI guilty of obstructing justice? Uh oh. Uh oh. I think we've got a case for the Supreme Court here. Never gonna happen. Several members talked about murdering tyrants or taking a sitting governor, in quotation marks, an FBI agent wrote in the affidavit. The group decided they needed to increase their numbers and encourage each other to talk to their neighbors and spread their message. The group talked about creating a society that followed the U.S. Bill of Rights and where they could be self-sufficient. An FBI agent wrote about the motives of the men whose lives the feds intended to destroy to help Democrats. Left-wing journalist Michael Tracy noted that this case has all the makings of another federal rouse to dupe the public. Ruse. Federal ruse to dupe the public. FBI pulls entrapment schemes constantly with a wide range of targets from mentally unstable, quotation marks, radical Muslim teenagers to purported right-wing militia groups. You may want to familiarize yourself with these tactics, Michael Tracy October 8th, 2020. The Detroit News noted that those present included an FBI confidential source who recorded the meetings. This is why you always 
have people shake their pockets out of all electronic devices before your uh, militia meetings, folks. Come on. Come on. Haven't you watched a Bond movie? And that the source has been paid $8,600. Well, boy, howdy, am I in the wrong career field. The anonymous coward took 30 pieces of silver to commit this frame job on behalf of the federal jackboots. Yep. Michigan State Police Colonel Joe Jasper confirmed that state law enforcement is fully on board with the FBI's war against Second Amendment supporters. Mm Mm-hmm. But it does send a very vivid reminder that while we may be in a period of discourse, possibly even divisiveness, really possibly, and fighting across the nation, law enforcement stands united, Jasper said. Well, they know where they get their money from. Of course they're going to stand united. They're going to stand united until the paycheck stops coming in. Six men have been hit with federal charges. They have been identified as Ty Garbin, Adam Fox, Barry Croft, Caleb Franks, Daniel Harris, and Brandon Caserta. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel is expected to announce more charges against activists in the days to come as the Democrat administration exploits this fake sting to target their political opponents. Big League Politics reported earlier this year on how the fake news media and veteran deep state criminals were bragging publicly about their intentions to ensnare white patriotic Americans in these sort of promulgated terror stings to deprive them of their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. MSNBC host Katie Turr recently interviewed former FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence Frank, and I'm going to fuck this name up, Fig, 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 Luzi, Figuzi? <laughs> in a segment in which the two seemingly endorsed creating false flag scenarios to radicalize extremists and entrap them in false flag operations. I'm going to start leaving some words out here, folks, and uh, you'll figure out why. You figure out why. When you're looking at ISIS or you're looking at radical Islamic terrorism, I've covered a number of stories where the FBI would track young kids or young men and they would talk to them online and say, you know, here's how to build a bomb or here's where you get bomb making material. And they tracked that person as that person radicalized and then arrested them before they could do anything bad, Tur explained. Why is the same not being done for extremists? Or is the same being done and we just don't know about it? She asked Fuguzi. I'm just going to keep calling him Fuguzi because I can't pronounce his name and it's funny. And it means something else. No, it's time. It's time to seriously ask the question and to wrestle with it because politics does enter in. And as you've said, as soon as you mention even the need for a domestic terrorism statute, right, that addresses this, you'll hear people start screaming, this is the thought police. You're trying to suppress my thought. My answer to that is this is not about thought. It's about verbalizing an intention to commit violence. That's where we're talking. That's what we're talking about, he responded. Really? Really? This is the world that we're headed into, folks. You say something online that's double plus ungood, or if you said something online that was acceptable, say, five, six years ago, and all of a sudden, you know, it's five, six years later, uh, now, and now it's not acceptable anymore, so now we get to retroactively criminalize you. Now you're a criminal because you thought and said the wrong thing on the interwebs back in the day. You want to live in this world? Because I sure as hell don't. Figluzzi called for a massive draconian crackdown on digital free speech led by law enforcement and noted that President Trump and his supporters should be the focus of these efforts. And why is that? We got to get it. We got to get everybody wearing jerseys. You're on this team and, and and they're on that team. And, and why don't you and you go have a fist fight? Why don't you you two over there? Yeah, you should get angry at each other. Go go fight. Why? Why are you playing these games? And it's such an obvious parlor trick, too. I love this downplaying of, uh, Oh, you, then you start hearing, uh, the, the, This is the thought police. You're trying to suppress my thought. Uh. You can say that as much as you like. Oh, oh, that's uh, you're. I bet you're about to say that that we're starting to act like the thought police. Well, you're a conspiracy theorist. That's essentially what this boils down to, by the way. You're a conspiracy theorist. This is about verbalizing an intention to commit violence. When did that verbalization take place? Can I see it? Can I see the evidence? Because I got I got this feeling. I got this feeling in my brain that's telling me that the first people to start talking about violence were your FBI informants. 
whispering like like worm tongue into the ears of these militia guys. Yeah, maybe they were thinking it before. Maybe they even said it in private company before, just never put it online. But when the plan started to come in motion was after your FBI informants came in there and started screwing around. You are literally creating criminals so you can arrest them. That's called entrapment. We have laws that are supposed to protect the American people against that kind of thing. It goes on. Uh, this this Faguzi fellow goes on. It's it's time to hit it's time to hit it on the head and do it in partnership between law enforcement and providers. 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 You know what he's talking about here, right? He's talking about cell phone providers. I knew we'd see the day, folks. I knew we'd see the day eventually. Maybe maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, but I knew we would eventually see the day where the cell phone providers themselves were being put into a position where they have to reveal basically tap your phone for them. Why not? They're already they've been doing it illegally for years and there's been almost zero repercussions. Thought he was real sneaky here, the way that he said it. It's not sneaky. I know what you're talking about. We have to do this in partnership between law enforcement and cell phone providers. Let me just fill in the blank for you, Mr. and Mrs. America. And if we don't get out in front of it, it will just keep happening because the president represents a bully pulpit where there is fresh daily content of radicalization. The same goes for state-subsidized news network that refuses to denounce this kind of thing. Radical Islamists would give their right arm to have this kind of fresh daily content, he added. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This guy has lost his nut. I mean, the bully pulpit thing, okay, I'll, I'll, give you the, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He has been doing the bully pulpit thing. He has. But I think that's kind of what we needed. At least some of it. Not all of it. What state-subsidized news network is he talking about, by the way? They refuse to denounce this kind of thing. That's not the news's job. The news network's job is to give you the news. Not their opinions. Not their morality lessons. The news. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Wouldn't that be nice if you could watch the news and just get the facts? And then you could make up your own mind instead of having your opinions being fed to you. This is your opinion now. Here you go. This is your opinion. I'm guessing here. I'm guessing they're talking about C-SPAN since they're the only news network that I know of that just reports what's going on in Capitol Hill, and the only one that doesn't insert insert their stupid fucking commentary and cut and clip and soundbite the shit out of everything that comes out of this administration. So by the time you get the end product, it can mean whatever they want it to mean. And we've had multiple examples of that being done in these last three and a half years now. And if you're not tired of it by now, then you probably haven't been paying attention. Water. Being a Democrat, that's the subject of tonight's Water's Words. It's easy to stick to some key points and turn every topic to your advantage. If I were a Democrat, I'd hammer Trump on the virus, too. That's politics. Biden just throws out 200,000 dead as proof Trump failed and says the economy's bad. That's his campaign in a nutshell. But Biden was against both travel bans and wanted to keep the country locked down longer. So Biden would have killed more people and jobs. Case closed. Biden doesn't even have a plan to confront the virus. I asked Juan to define it the other day on The Five, and he couldn't. You guys say, oh, but he did so well because he got in this nasty little dig about, oh, plagiarism, because the Biden plan is the same as the president's plan. Well, it's not. What's different? It's not. Biden wants a national plan. Again, I don't What's know what plan? you've been paying, paying what attention. What does that mean? He wants to have a national plan. What does that mean, Juan? Trump wants to leave it up to the states. What's a uh, national he took plan a, mean? Let me finish. Okay? But what does it mean? No, now, I say, let me just say national plan. He wants what a national plan. <laughs> Everything Biden says he'd do, Trump already did it. Now, if he drops the death toll on you, we can play that nasty game all day. The CDC says over 200,000 Americans OD'd on opioids under Obama-Biden. Dead. They didn't lift a finger to fight fentanyl flying in from China. Yeah, it was uh, way more than that, buddy. Way more than that. Of course, maybe maybe you're just talking about in America. Okay, uh, maybe I, I can give you that one. Uh, pretty sure it's more than that in America, too, but okay, whatever. They didn't lift a finger to fight fentanyl flying in from China. The IG says 300,000 veterans died under Obama-Biden, waiting in lines at VA hospitals. 
The Obama-Biden VA doled out bonuses to managers who kept sick vets on secret wait lines. That's ugly stuff. And when Biden says Trump downplayed the virus, throw Fauci in his face. Democrats love Fauci. Fauci told Americans the virus was low risk to go about their lives. Same exact thing Trump said. Because it Fauci is. Fauci and Trump on the same page. They didn't want to panic the people. And when Biden says Trump blew it on the virus, throw Fauci right back in his face again. Fauci said the Trump team took early action and did an excellent job. You can't argue with Fauci, right? Biden's always barking about Trump crowds and no social distancing. But when Democrats flooded the streets arm in arm all summer rioting over police, Biden didn't care. Biden backed the mob. Biden's moaning about Trump not wearing a mask. But Biden just wears his as a prop. Look at him here. Talking to people close up. No mask. When Democrats think the cameras are off, no mask. Here's Governor Cuomo. No mask. Here's Dianne Feinstein. No mask. Here's Pelosi in the beauty salon. (laughs) Here's CNN reporter Caitlin Collins, who's always mask shaming people. Watch her rip the mask off when she thinks the cameras are off. Every time Democrats blame Trump for the virus, they're giving the Chinese communists a free pass. Biden wanted to keep the economy locked down longer. Schools and sports locked down longer. Biden would have killed this country. Biden's. Oh, man, Biden. It's all Biden's fault. Biden, 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 Biden. No, the lockdown happened under the Trump administration. The economy was ruined by the lockdowns under the Trump administration. Do you understand you're in an abusive relationship with your government, Mr. and Mrs. America? Oh, but this abuser only only hits me twice a week. Biden's going to hit me three or four times a week. What is it? You're still getting hit. Trump let me go to the grocery store. Trump's going to start the sports ball up again. You can't go in person, or if you can, you have to socially distance, and you can only half-pack the stadium, but we can go see the sports ball game. Ticket prices are skyrocketing because now there's less seats, so the the corporations got to make up for their, their losses. By charging you more. Food prices are friggin' skyrocketed. We're, we're hearing the rumblings of food shortages coming very soon. Are we going to blame it on Biden if he gets in office? Probably. But you know what we really need? We really need a, a second stimulus check. That's what we need. And you know what we need after that? We need a third stimulus check. And a fourth. Can we just get stimulus checks forever? Let's do universal basic income and just, just uh, get it over with. You know, socialism gets a bad rap. We should probably just get it over with and do it. We'll digitalize the currency so we don't, you know, we can save trees. We don't have to make that paper money that carries the evil COVID virus on it. So Trump tweeted this out 58 minutes ago. The fake news at CNN, MSDNC, the failing at New York Times, and the rest are working overtime, spewing every lie in the book to make sure they can demean and disparage at the highest level possible to try and win an election for a man who is totally unqualified to be your president. How do you find the truth in this sewer when everybody is lying, even the ones that think they're telling the truth? If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. Thee. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me. Our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. 
If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. So, Robert Wheeler, via The Organic Prepper, had uh, this article yesterday, October 10th, 2020. Weekly COVID tests could offer passport to freedom. Those who have watched the police state grow over decades have known that as the UK goes, so does the rest of the Western world. Unfortunately, the UK population, the testing grounds for intrusive and totalitarian policies that will be implemented in the rest of Western Europe and, after that, the United States. Many researchers warned about early on, when COVID hysteria was reaching fever pitch, that the threat of a pandemic would be used to usher in methods of control the world has scarcely seen. Contact tracing, lockdowns, mandatory masks, and now COVID passports. Everyone who warned us of what was coming was labeled conspiracy theorists by media, government, government officials, and hysterical citizens. Now contact tracing is in full effect. Lockdowns have been going on for months. Mandatory masks. And now COVID passports. All of these things were announced and unveiled by the same media outlets and government officials that denied the very possibility of their existence only a few months ago. Boris Johnson recently announced the Moonshot Plan that includes COVID passports. COVID passports would give those who test negative the ability to return to normalcy, in quotation marks. They would be able to attend sports events, concerts, go to work and school, all without wearing masks. The proposed 20-minute tests that would allow this to happen have been suggested by Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Have we suddenly developed a 100% efficient COVID diagnostic test that's been licensed is that a thing now? And we can do it in 20 minutes. None of that silly waiting for labs to produce results. Maybe maybe they got Theranos, prime biotech stuff. Many people say these rapid, cheap tests are still in development process and have not been approved. The likelihood of false positives and negatives would do nothing but create confusion and chaos. The entire process of developing these tests would require testing technology that does not yet exist. In an article written by Tom Shearsmith for The Industry, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has suggested in, t in today's live broadcast coronavirus press conference that the UK may regain a sense of normality by possibly introducing 20-minute testing to offer the equivalent of a COVID-19 passport. He shall cause a mark to be put upon their hand or their head. He shall cause a mark. Did I say that out loud or did I think it? During the conference, Johnson confirmed that from Monday, a rule of six will be introduced in England, meaning people should not meet up in groups of more than six. 
He says this measure replaces current guidance. People only need to remember the rule of six. He says that two households cannot meet socially if they make a group bigger than six. Plans to pilot larger audiences in stadiums and to allow conferences to go ahead from October will be put on hold for review. Oh, boy. Regarding a potential COVID-19 passport, Johnson said, In the near future, we want to start using testing to identify people who are negative, who don't have coronavirus, who are not infectious, so we can allow them to behave in a more normal way in the knowledge that they can't infect anyone else with the virus. The virus that has a 99.9% survival rate. This could allow office workers who test negative in the morning to be able to work how they did before the pandemic or allow people to attend venues for entertainment, for example. Yeah, that's the how that's how they're going to sell this initially. But here's the thing. This doesn't stop corporations that say you go and shop at like a, a Walmart or a Costco. I don't know what the equivalent over in uh, Jolly Old is, but from them requiring customers to wear the masks or their employees to wear the masks. So that's the selling point, and by the way, you're not even going to get that promise fulfilled. What this is doing, what they are doing here, is they want to increase testing. And the reason why they want to increase testing, and the reason why they don't give a shit about false positives or negatives, is because both will play out in their favor. Ironically, Turkey's Andalo agency has a complete transcript of Johnson's comments, and a report, so... Maybe look that up later. Up to now, we have used testing primarily to identify people who are positive so we can isolate them from the community and protect high-risk groups. And that will, be continu- that will continue to be our priority. We are working hard to increase our testing capacity to 500,000 tests a day by the end of October, Johnson said. But in future, in the near future, we want to start using testing to identify people who are negative, who don't have coronavirus, and who are not infectious, so we can allow them to behave in a more normal way in the knowledge that this is repeating itself. Okay. I think we're done. So, let me go down here a little bit. Do you see where this is going? We are actually witnessing a vaccine passport scheme, not an immunity scheme. We don't know enough about immunity means... Having COVID will not be enough to allow someone their passport to freedom, as the Guardian has described it. However, the holy grail of vaccines will never be in question, and we can offer a passport based upon proof of your vaccination. Predictably, this vaccine passport will extend to every other vaccine currently mandated by the governments of the quotation marks free world upon its subjects. Onfido claims that its new COVID passport could be the linchpin of the new normality. The, Dar- the Guardian describes the scheme as follows. Their solution would embed on Fido technology within another organization's app to establish someone's identity. So this is going to be your new papers, please. The person would be asked to take a selfie and an image of their government-issued identification card, such as a passport or driver's license. The technology can can determine whether the person's face matches their ID and also if the ID is genuine. This creates a digital identity. They are then tested for coronavirus under a system endorsed by the government, and the result is stored by another provider. In the UK, this would most likely be the NHS. When the person goes to their workplace... They open the app, take a photo of their face that unlocks a QR code. That QR code would be scanned. Does this sound like freedom to you folks? Does this sound like freedom? Does it sound anything even remotely like it? That QR code would be scanned by the reception using simple camera technology on their system. They would see the test result and a photo of the employee's face for a short time, allowing them to visually determine the identity of the person in front of them. The only technology a business would need to make this work would be a camera to take an image of the QR code as they arrived. No information about someone's name, date of birth, address would be visible to the person on reception, only that they they are fit to go into work. A government source said a form of certification system is still on the table and being considered, and that conversations around this concept fall under the government's track and trace plans. The list of OnFido investors includes... Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. Right now, digital identity experts say they are only in the discovery phase of a plan that would be tailored in the needs of the UK government. Of course, if you believe that, I have some oceanfront property to sell you in Arizona. Those plans have been in place for decades. All the UK government needed was the proper excuse to implement them. Brandon 
Turbeville, Alan Watt, David Icke, and many others have been warning about this coming plan for years and years. One such article by Turbeville entitled Social Media, Universal Basic Income, and Cashless Society, How China's Social Credit System is Coming to America, describes and how it describes how it is coming to the West. I'm sorry, this is worded wrong. I highly encourage you to read that article and access the work of the researchers and journalists I mentioned above. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe it's too late. I mean, I've been ringing this particular bell for going on six years now. It seems like nobody's listening. And the folks that are listening are like me. They've known about this for years, and we just don't know what to do about it anymore. There is going to be a come-to-Jesus moment very soon. And uh, and I'm not talking about the, the rapture. I'm, I'm talking about some, some very hard, life-changing things. Coronavirus in and of itself is should have been, really, the lockdown measures that followed, but the economic repercussions that are going to be felt when this the soft safety blankie of the U.S. government uh, kind of padding out people's pocketbooks right now, it turns to not be enough. When there's another run on the shelves at your local grocery stores and you can't wipe your ass with anything, maybe then folks will wake up. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. COVID internment camps here in America? What do you think those? Uh, what do you think those those little tent cities that were popping up around the hospitals were all about? Do you think maybe that was a drill, a preparation drill? I'm just thinking back to old Alex Jones stuff, talking about how uh, Walmart was in conjunction with FEMA working on FEMA detention facilities. I mean, this is almost a decade old material, but something to consider. These grocery stores are starting to resemble hardened military bunkers. Why is that? Why do you need to tornado-proof your Walmart? Why do you need to put anti-ramming blockades all over the parking lots and in front of your store? Oh, well, that's to stop, uh, you know, the, the, the psychos that try to run people over. Well, okay, or maybe some, maybe somebody's drunk driving trying to get some, uh, some dustios and they're on a bender. All plausible Excellent, plausibly deniable reasons to fortify your your store like it's a military installation. All right, folks, last article of the evening, and then I have to sign off. Bank of Japan joins Fed and ECB in preparing rollout of digital currency. Zada Zero Hedge, published yesterday, October 10th, 2020. First it was the Fed, then the ECB, and now the Bank of Japan. The world's central banks are quietly preparing to unleash digital currencies on an unsuspecting population in one final last-ditch attempt to spark inflation and do away with the current monetary orthodoxy, which has failed to push living conditions for the masses higher, but most importantly has failed to inflate away a growing mountain of insurmountable global debt. On Friday, the Bank of Japan joined the Fed and ECB when it said it would begin experimenting on how to operate its own digital currency rather than confining itself to conceptual research as it has to date. Digitalization has advanced in various areas of at home and abroad on the back of rapid development of information communication technology. There is a possibility of a surge in public demand for central bank digital currency, CBDC, going forward considering the rapid development of technological innovation. While the Bank of Japan currently has no plan to issue CBDC from the viewpoint of ensuring the stability and efficiency of the overall payment and settlement system, the bank considers it important to prepare thoroughly to respond to changes and circumstances in an appropriate manner. So we're going to create a condition with COVID where we have a volatile market. Uh, the stock market's volatile, so therefore the dollar suffers. And you know what? Cash is dirty, so we have to burn it. And coins are dirty, so we have to not make any more coins and we'll melt them down into slag. Maybe we'll make bullets for the next world war that we're planning. And all, um, we got to do something because we don't have cash anymore. I know. Let's co-opt cryptocurrency because that was the plan from the beginning. We'll co-opt cryptocurrency and now we'll make it the only form of legal tender that you can use. Boy, howdy, does it make it ever convenient to tax, fine, and take your money away and shut down your bank account if you become an unlawful belligerent. The bank explained that it might provide general purpose CBDC if cash and circulation drops significantly and private digital money is not sufficient to substitute the functions of cash. While promising to supply physical cash 
as long as there is public demand for it. The move, as Reuters reports, came in tandem with an announcement by a group of seven major central banks, including the Bank of Japan, on what they see as a core feature as as core features of a central bank digital currency, such as resilience and a clear legal framework, as all falls in line with new Japanese Prime Minister Yoshid Yoshihide Yoshihide I don't know, whatever. Japanese Prime Minister Suga's focus on promoting digitalization and administrative reform to boost the country's competitiveness. So I'm sorry, let me just uh, do an aside here. So there was a problem with physical caches, resilience. Are you talking like actual, like physical resilience? Like, like this stuff is kind of flimsy. It keeps getting torn. You know, if you get it wet, the ink melts off. I mean, maybe you should have just made your cash better if that's the case. By the way, do you know there's antibacterial materials you can make things out of so it wouldn't carry the virus? Maybe that'd be a little more expensive, but I'm just saying it's possible. You could have little UV light things in, in the ATM so it cleans the cash as it's coming out. There's ways to do this. And the clear legal fr- framework. Clear legal framework. So there was a lack of clear legal framework for physical cash. Do you have a bridge to sell me in Arizona? That is the biggest load of horse shit I have heard in ever. Well, since COVID-19. What a flimsy, flimsy reasoning to have for mandating digital currency. And this article is way longer than I have left for this segment, so just look it up on Zero Hedge, folks. Bank of Japan joins Fed and ECB in preparing rollout of digital currency. If you have the fucks to give. Which I don't anymore, which is why I'm ending this episode right now. Until next time, folks. That's what Server said. End of line. Hello ladies and gentlemen, Invisible Star here. Just a quick note, support for this network and for CTCJ on Airtime Pro comes from listeners like you. Consider clicking on the support button and make a monthly donation on anchor.fm forward slash CTCJ. Click on the support button and donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. Every little bit goes towards helping the station along. It helps to pay the network and marketing fees and also supports the growth of this network so we can add more hosts and provide you with more content. Thank you.